So tell me if you can relate. You're ready to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. You're really hungry for it, okay? You've got the entrepreneurial attitude you need to basically make this happen, right? You have a creative eye. You can create content that people are interested in. Maybe you struggle from time to time or or post to post, uh, and maybe sometimes your engagement is low, okay? But overall, you get the gist of how to create content that you're proud of to share with your internet community. But you're running into roadblocks when it comes to the logistics of running a business that is on social media. So you're either already making money from social media platforms or you're on your way there, but you're unsure if you need to register your business. Should you register as an LLC? Uh, What the heck even is an LLC? Or maybe you're at the point where you're starting to work with brands, but are getting contracts from them that basically look like they're written in a different language. You have absolutely no idea what should and should not be in your influencer contracts to protect you because that's what's most important. Are you supposed to write the contract? Should the brand always provide it? Should you be hiring an attorney to write one up? How much does that even cost? You may also be in a situation where you've gotten a contract from a brand and you know that you deserve more money or more say to what's in this contract, but you're afraid to ask, especially if it is a big brand that you have been dreaming about working with for basically your entire career. What if you ask them for more money and they say no and they run the other way? Is extra money really worth it? Should you just take it? And if so, how the heck are you even supposed to ask for this extra money? Or what if you finish a partnership with a brand and you somehow just aren't getting payment? It's been 30 days. As the contract stated, you still haven't received your compensation. You email them once. Okay. Twice, uh, still crickets. (laughs) And three times. Okay, fine. Once more and nothing. How the heck are you even supposed to proceed? Like, how do you get paid? Clearly, there are just so many different struggles that we go through as creators when we're trying to build a legitimate business, right? Many of us weren't business owners before. We're also probably not attorneys or business advisors. Like, how the heck are we supposed to run a safe, legal, and non-stressful business logistically without the knowledge of, well, how exactly to do that? So I'm Kristen Busquet, and I have been a full-time creator for over three years now, and I've brought in over $250,000 just in that time for unsponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is a podcast where we teach entrepreneurial influencers to turn their online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. In today's episode, I'm so excited. We're here with Deanna Gore, who is my mentor. Okay, and she's my cousin. (laughs) If there's ever been a bit of business advice that you've heard from me on my TikTok or my Instagram, or even on this podcast that you've been like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Chances are Deanna is the one who taught it to me. She herself is incredibly successful. She's a successful small business owner of Wilbraham Candle, but she's also been the vice president of people and business resources at a multi-million dollar national parking management company for the last 15 years, guys. 
Managing people, business, and legalities is what every single day consists of for her. Today, we're going to be sharing everything a creator needs to know in order to be legal in their business, stay safe with the nitty gritty of small business laws, and negotiate your way to financial freedom. And this, my biz BFFs, is Social Scoop. Welcome to episode 21, you guys. As always, we always love to start this podcast off with the latest and greatest, the scoop in the world of social media. There's always something new going on, but thankfully, I'm here to give you the scoop so that you don't have to go freaking searching high and low on the web to figure out what's going on on these ever-changing platforms that our businesses are based off of. It's it's kind of scary that our businesses are in the hands of those creating these social media platforms. But that's okay because we have a lot of really great news that I'm going to share with you today. So first of all, Instagram is testing the ability to browse the map to see stories and posts shared at each location. So this, if you have been on social media for a while, you remember Snapchat, right? You know, there are actually still people who use Snapchat. I don't know if anyone listening does. Andrew randomly has a couple friends that use it. I have literally not even had the app on my phone for so long, but this reminds me of Snapchat. You used to be able to go onto that map and see all of the different places that people were posting from and then watch their Snapchats, find out where people were. This version for Instagram that they're testing right now seems to be less invasive on, you know, like seeing where people are at that exact moment thankfully, because that was actually really, really sketchy. But essentially what you can do is you can look at a map. So say you are on vacation in Los Angeles and you're in a certain area and you're like, I wonder what's cool and what's going on here. You can open up a map on Instagram. If this comes to life, you'll be able to open up the map on Instagram and you will be able to look at all the places that people are posting stories from and tagging the location. So say there's like a museum down the street, you can click on that museum and see all of the stories that people that day have posted on that area. So it's actually really cool, especially I can see this for travel just being so, so helpful. So I really hope this one comes to life. I think it could be very cool. Also, Instagram is working on the ability to create exclusive posts for subscribers. So we know that the subscription feature is on its way. It's something that Instagram has been working on for probably a couple months that we've known about publicly at this point. Uh, But we weren't sure exactly how we were able to deliver that subscription content to people? Like, was it going to be in the form of stories, lives, posts? Like, we heard a little bit, but now we know that they're actually working on the ability to make posts exclusively to be shared to your subscribers. So, if this is something you're planning on using and creating a subscription product for your audience, then just know that posts will be a part of that, hopefully. That's something they're working on right now. Also, you can now search by camera to find products on Instagram. This is crazy. I actually remember uh, maybe a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, there used to be this business, and I don't know if it's still in business, a business called Stylist. And it basically was like a texting service where you would be able to text a picture of something you found that you really liked online. And the service you would pay for, it was super inexpensive. And they would basically go find products that were similar to what you sent in and be like, oh, if you want to buy these, you buy them right through the text message. It was crazy. 
I honestly, if they're not in business anymore, I'm not sure what happened because it was a really good idea. <laughs> but if you have something on your phone, a photo on your phone, or you take a photo with your camera, you can upload it to Instagram's area where they're going to have this search by camera feature. And what will happen is it will basically, however the freaking technology works, will do, 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 and figure out what that product looks like. And then they will show you options from the Instagram shop page where you can actually purchase similar items. I love this. Like this is something that I think could be very beneficial for people shopping, obviously, but also for small businesses. Like there may be products that I find from a small business that I maybe would have never heard of before. So I think this is really cool. I'm into it. I'm really into it. Also, if you haven't heard by now, you probably have TikTok stories are slowly rolling out. We talked about this quite a while ago, sometime last year, the announcement about Instagram or TikTok stories, but we hadn't really heard a lot since then. So this is something that they are officially rolling out as we speak. More and more people are getting it every single day. So if you're looking to find out if you have it, there's basically two ways. You can either try and post a story, which I'll show you or I'll tell you about in a second, or you can try to just see other people's TikTok stories. So if you can see other people's TikTok stories, then you have the feature. If you do not see anyone else's stories, then you do not have the feature. If you're looking and you're like, okay, well, how do I know if this is a story or not? There will be a blue ring around the person's photo, kind of similar to how Instagram does it, just a different color. And when it has that ring around the, the photo, you can click on that and it will head right to the stories of that person. So that is how you will know if you have it. The other option is to actually try and post one. So when you're on TikTok's app, you can hit that plus button right in the bottom middle where you would normally go to post the video. You select quick and then you can choose a photo or a video. You can record it there. You have all the same features as you do when creating a regular TikTok video, which is very cool. And then you can get that settled however you want it to present. And then you hit post the story. So even if you can hit quick, like if you back it up and you can hit that plus sign and you see quick, that means you do have access to TikTok stories. So if you don't yet, it's slowly rolling out just like a lot of Instagram updates do. You know, this is something that's going to take time. Eventually we will all have it, which I'm very, very excited about. It doesn't seem that there are any restrictions on this, um, but we're going to learn more about TikTok stories as we go on. So I don't personally have it yet, but the second I do, you know I'm going to be testing a million different things to let you know what works and what doesn't. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into today's interview. I'm so excited for this one. As I mentioned in the intro, Deanna is my cousin. I obviously have known her my whole life, but she has just given me so much knowledge and just support in my business that I literally cannot wait for you guys to meet her. Also, she's an open book, so if you have any questions, send her a DM. Also, just saying, Wilbraham Candle is Deanna's company. I literally have them in every room of my house, you guys. I'm honestly obsessed with them. If you have a Yankee candle in one room and you have a Wilbraham candle in the other room, you will smell the Wilbraham candle over the Yankee candle and the scent lasts so long. Like sometimes I have them burning and I leave and come back and get nervous that I left it burning because it still smells like it's burning. <laughs> 
thing. <laughs> so yeah, moral of the story, they're really awesome candles. Go show her some support for giving you guys all of these great tips today. If you have any questions, let me know. Let Deanna know. But if not, enjoy this episode and I will see you guys soon. For anyone who listens to the podcast or listens to anything that I put out on the internet, honestly, I have so much to attribute to our guest today. She has taught me so much. She's my mentor, but she's also my cousin. (laughs) Her name is Deanna. Deanna, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. It's a pleasure. (laughs) I'm so excited. Yeah, Deanna has literally taught me so much. She's like always my first person that I go to anytime I have questions about things or if I'm confused about something in my business. She has so much knowledge and I was like, what better person to come tell everyone all of this stuff, all the things that people are just confused about and that are really scary and confusing for influencers getting into this industry. You've helped me so much. So I was like, she's perfect. We have to bring her on. (laughs) So I want to start off by telling everyone a little bit about your role and kind of what you do. You have your business, but you also have your job. So tell us about all of that. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks again for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I have been in kind of the business world in a corporate sense since like 2003-ish. And over the past 15 years, um, my current, well, the role that I'm in now and what I've done for about 15 years is focus on human resources, IT, um, information systems. And um, for about 12 years of my life, I spent uh, primarily focusing on compliance, contracts, and corporate legal. Um, so I learned, yeah, really <laughs> fun, really fun. Um, but with that, I gained so much knowledge. Um, and I also, um, have my, my master's degree in, um, entrepreneurial thinking and innovative practices, which is just a fancy term for, um, the fun side of business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Yeah. So um, between those things, I've had uh, a lot of experience on on, um, kind of the the corporate business sense. But on the flip side, I'm also the owner of Wilbraham Candle. Um, And that is uh, something where I was able to really put a lot of this stuff um, to use and uh, really test it out myself. So um, gained a lot of knowledge. I am not a lawyer. I am not a tax accountant. Um, So whatever I say is just me being me. So please um, if you take anything, uh, just please check Don't with your accountants. Her. And yeah, check with your accountants, check with your lawyers um, before you make big decisions. Yeah, exactly. And that's another thing that I learned from you. Anytime I'm talking with any of my mentorship students, I'm like, here's what I know from my experience, but don't come for me if this is wrong. Like, you need to still go do your own research. But I feel like doing your own research and kind of going through the stuff and screwing up once and then having to do it again is probably the best way to learn. I'm sure there were plenty of experiences for you where you were like, oh man, I did this so wrong. I have to find my way out of this mess. For sure. For sure. As long as you don't fail too hard, yeah. you're usually able to uh, to get back out and, and have it be a complete learning experience. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Plenty of my influencer partnerships that have gone wrong are the reasons why I know what I know. So <laughs> definitely very helpful. So I want to kind of focus this conversation today on creators and influencers who are looking to make their online influence into more of a profitable, self-sustaining business 
because mm-hmm. I know so many influencers are getting into this career because they're really creative and they know photography and they know video and they know all those kind of things. But most of the people who are getting into it are not lawyers or attorneys or accountants or anything like that. So this whole world is very scary. And the amount of times that I see people doing things so wrong, I'm just like, it makes sense that they're doing them wrong. No one is teaching them how to do it right. <laughs> it's it's very confusing. So I want to talk about, first of all, registering yourself as a business. So as an influencer, for any influencers listening, if you're making money, you are a business. Or even if you mm-hmm. are building yourself to be at a point where you're starting to make money, you are still a business. So my question to you is, should all influencers be registering themselves as a business or is there a specific point where they should be doing this, you know, with their state later on? So that's actually a really good question. And as you said, if you're making money doing something, um, then you need to claim that money right. as taxes. Um yes. So in order to do that, the best and easiest method um, for an influencer to do this is to start out as a sole proprietor. And what is a sole proprietorship? What are what are these terms, you know, that you're talking about? And, and a sole proprietorship is basically the easiest way to register yourself as a business. And it's basically just you yourself being a business and claiming it on your taxes. So you're doing everything as yourself, or you can also register the name as like a doing business as, but everything's basically tied directly to your own social security number. And, um, that's really the, the, the easiest method to just start. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, when I first started my business, I was a sole proprietor and I just this year became an LLC. So moral of the story you should start looking into this ASAP if you haven't already. <laughs> it's very important. You do need to be a business to do a lot of things like, you know, opening a bank account or, again, filing taxes and not having the IRS come for you. That's never happened to me, but I can guarantee it's something no one wants to happen to them. I'm That's like one of my biggest fears ever is just the IRS Same. coming for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And it's really important too to like um, to to understand that when you're filing as a business, you have to treat it as a business. 100%. As you said, open it, opening a bank account. So even if you aren't registered as a business, it's probably a good idea to not set not have your finances commingled. Right. You know, have have a separate account for your business, your you know your influencing stuff, and then have a separate account for you know paying the vet bills. (laughs) Exactly. Yes, exactly. So an EIN number is something Mm -hmm. that some influencers may have like started to hear things about, but they're like, what the heck is an EIN number? How do I get one? Why do I want one? So tell us a little bit more about EIN numbers. Okay. So an EIN number is an basically an employer identification number. Mm -hmm. Um, People are like, why do I need this? Because (laughs) I'm not an employer. But it is um, a way that you can, I'm going to say not legitimize your business, right. but be able to do certain things. Yes. Um, and most importantly, be able to collect and remit taxes on behalf of your business. Um, this is actually really important for stuff that I do for um, 
for the candle business and for any retail, really, if you are selling t-shirts or any kind of, of thing like that, mm-hmm. um, if you are going to pay for something that um, you are then going to need to collect taxes on, um, then the EIN number provides you with the opportunity to basically buy wholesale without yes. having to pay the sales tax because you're going to collect that on the um, on the back end. Yeah. So for anyone who's interested in actual physical product, this is definitely something you'll want to do ASAP. However, definitely a good thing for anyone to have in general if they are starting a business, obviously. Um, I know I needed one to open a bank account. I've mm-hmm. also always just heard of it kind of as like, my business's social security number, just like yes. we have social security numbers, same kind of thing. Like think of the things that you would need in your personal life, uh, your social security number for. This is really similar, but again, just for your business. And it's always free, right? This is something that yes. I think so many people get scammed on. So tell us about that. Go to irs.gov. <laughs> yes. Type in EIN. And it's literally a, it will take you two minutes yes. to fill it out. It's all done online. Super, super simple. Um, and you get it like instantaneously. It's, right. it's so, so simple to do. You just need a few pieces of information. And it actually, as you said, with the social security number, it really is. And it's the way that you can protect yourself, your own identity. Yes. If you are a sole proprietorship so that you don't have to put your own social security number out there on all of these forms. So yes. another good tip. Exactly. Like any influencers who are already working with brands, you've definitely gotten, uh, what is it? A W9, I think they are 1099, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that form, you usually have to put, you know, your name, your social security, all of these things on it, your address. And that's a lot of information to give to these people that are kind of the middlemen between you and the brand's finance team who's actually going to be paying you. So all of these people having like your very top secret personal identification number is kind of scary. So definitely another great point. Um, Yeah. And I, I love to tell people it is always free because I can't tell you how many people I've had conversations with who are like, yeah, it was only $59. And I was like, no, you shouldn't be paying anything for it. Ignore Mm -hmm. all of the ads. When you type in, get an EIN number on Google, ignore all of the ads. Like Deanna said, (laughs) irs.gov. Yes. (laughs) Always free. Um, And yeah, I mean, the information that you need to actually get an EIN number, I think it's literally just like name, address, social security number. Like it's very basic information. You could literally go Mm -hmm. do it right now. You don't need anything special. Very quick and easy. Yeah, very, very easy. So with all of these different types of businesses, you had mentioned sole proprietorships, um, but there are a couple other options as well. So would you explain the different options and kind of like how does an influencer know which one they should apply for? It's interesting because a lot of conversations I have with people, I get these like comments all the time on my TikTok videos that are like, do you have an LLC? And now I do, but I don't want to tell people that they need to get one. So walk us through that because you walked me through this actually when I was going through this with my actual business. (laughs) Sure. So I can't necessarily tell you whether or not you should be an LLC or if you should be a sole proprietorship or if you should be an S-Corp. That's something that you as the business owner, as the influencer have to decide for yourself. Yeah. What I can tell you is the differences between them and whatever you feel is best for you is what you should do. Right. Um, the sole proprietorship is the easiest way to start a business. It's literally just a business permit 
um, whatever regulations you might have for the town that you're living in, and a name registration and applicable EIN. Um, so that is that's it. And then your business, right? <laughs> you legitimately are a business. Um, the caveat to that is all of the income you have to claim as your own income. So from a tax perspective, it it isn't really the greatest thing from a tax perspective because you have so many taxes um, that are applied to this because it's your own individual income. Yeah. Um, and most importantly, I think, is personal liability. And what what is liability? What does that mean? So this means if you are sued for any reason, your business is you. There's no separation. So if you own a home, if you own a vehicle, if you own any assets, any cash, anything that can potentially get taken from you under a lawsuit. Um, With an LLC, the entity is it's basically its own person. Right. So only the assets that are within that entity can, for lack of a better term, get taken. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more legal stuff that goes into it, but in general, that's the case. Right. The other thing that's cool with an LLC that you don't get on the social proprietorship side is the ability to um, decide how you want to get taxed. Yes. So you can tax yourself like a corporation or you can tax yourself like a sole proprietorship. There's there's more options there and you can do whatever's best for you. Yeah, and that's definitely something that you can figure out with your accountant when you sit yes. down and say like, okay, this year this is how much I made, this is how much we spent, you know, what makes more sense so that you don't mm-hmm. end up getting slammed too hard with taxes. Um, That's like a whole nother story for a different day. But for anyone who is an influencer collecting income, if you are not saving money from that income, you're going to cry yourself to sleep during tax time. (laughs) I literally did exactly that. Um, And I when I first, first, first started my photography business like years and years ago, I had no idea what I was doing and I ended up owing thousands of dollars and I literally was just like 19 and was like, I don't have thousands of dollars. It was horrible. Um, So side note, if you're an influencer making money, I usually take 30% and put it Mm -hmm. right into savings. That should more than cover you and you will be prepared when it comes tax time. Um, But -hmm. yes, it is nice that with an LLC, you have options. However, obviously there's a lot of different things that you have to weigh and figure what's best for you. And that would be something that probably they should discuss with an attorney, right? For sure. And a tax accountant. Um, And there's also fees associated. Mm, So for instance, in Massachusetts, Massachusetts, where I am. Taxachusetts. Yes. (laughs) And they are the highest um, rate in the country for starting an LLC. Um, so you can pay in upwards of $500 to $1,000 to start it and you have annual fees and different, um, regulations okay. that you have to abide by from, um, as an LLC, like you have to take, uh, minutes and you have to do an annual report yep. and things like that with the state. So there are some compliance and issues. So if you're, you know, not quite ready to take that leap of going that you know, in that far, right. then you may want to um, to look more towards the sole proprietorship um, route at that point. 
Yeah. And so when people are figuring out like, okay, you know, I, I think I've got a good idea of which route I want to go down. What is the best way for them to actually go about becoming a sole proprietor or an LLC or an S Corp? Sure. Um, one thing you will have to register with your secretary of state. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be done online as well. <laughs> it It is not as easy as an EIN. Yes. Um, because you do need uh, art, what are called articles of organization um, and things of that nature, um, which if you are going to go the LLC route, I would suggest speaking with an attorney Yeah. or um, there, there are some uh, places uh, online that you can get it done for a reasonable fee. Um, but it really shouldn't, it should not take that much money yeah. um, in order to do it. It's, it's probably going to be a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, I actually just earlier this year registered as an LLC. I used LegalZoom mm-hmm. and it was really easy with my fees included. I think I paid under $300. It wasn't anything crazy, um, but it was a very, very easy process. They actually mm-hmm. have you fill in everything and then they go ahead and file all of that stuff with the Secretary of State and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. So that could be something that if you're not financially like prepared to go to an attorney, I, I would say that's the first option if you can, yeah. but also, you know, if you're not ready for that and you want to do it yourself, there is legal zoom. And I'm pretty sure with them too, they had like some sort of backing where like if something was done wrong, they can help you fix it because they're the ones who actually did it. So mm-hmm. that was what I did. And I had a really great experience with it. So that was super easy. Yeah. There's a lot of great options out there. For sure. Yeah. Because this is so confusing. Most people are just like, how the heck am I supposed to figure this out? And I will say too, I feel like sometimes even finding an attorney or an accountant that understands our industry is really difficult. So, and actually this kind of brings me to one thing that I remember you saying to me recently that has stuck with me and like makes life so easy. Um, You were saying something about like, Everything that I do as an influencer is basically the same as kind of like what a model would do in terms of like filing taxes and things like that um, or, you know, like expenses. And I was just like, wow, that makes so much sense. And it's helped me when I'm deciding, is this an expense or is this not an expense? I'm like, well, I am modeling this. Do I need my nails done? Kind of. Yeah, it's going to be in photos. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a very similar, um, I think, industry with regard to yes. expenses. And and I think influencing as an industry is so new that a lot of so these, new. Uh, so new. So a lot of the, the lawyers and, and tax accountants that are out there don't understand the intricacies um, that are involved, but they may exactly. have worked either in the entertainment industry or in uh, modeling or something like that. So it's it's just a way to kind of relate the two. Right, right. Actually, this is a total side note, but do you have any suggestions on where people could go to find a good accountant or a good attorney? So there's actually a lot of resources in locally. Um, okay. There's what's called the SBA, the Small Business Association. Um, they have usually a lot of resources available. The other thing, um, especially here in Massachusetts, we have a ton of colleges in our area. Yes. And you can go to the college's business resource center. Um, and a lot of times they will have, um, you know, resources there. They might have programs that or little courses that you can take too about right. how to do this. Um, and they also may have, um, you know, students that are learning 
and be able to come aside and kind of explain yes. things to you one on one. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I never thought to go to colleges, but yeah, that makes total sense. I know for me in North Carolina, I didn't think to go to colleges, but we had a similar kind of like small business association thing for specific to Charlotte. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was the easiest way, like when I had questions specific to Charlotte, to find them to help me versus Mm -hmm. me trying to call the IRS or something like Trying to call the IRS is a joke. <laughs> I feel like they they literally were like, it's going to be a three-hour wait. Do you want us to yeah. call you back? And I remember we set a time and day for a call back, and they just never called back. <laughs> so we're like, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like the black hole. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. For sure. It's, it's for sure. unfortunately kind of a waste of time. So yeah, finding a smaller organization or again, even a college that can help is actually very, very smart. And I'd probably go that route before I would try and contact the IRS for things like that because it's a hot mess. Um, So as part of your business um, or your career, you deal with contracts a ton, as you said, uh, very exciting things. Um, Are there any specific items an influencer should make sure is in a contract in order for them to be protected? So there are so many things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Get your pen and papers, everyone. <laughs> we could literally do an entire hour on just contracts alone Seriously. Um, and probably only get through half of it. <laughs> but in a nutshell, yes. Um, the most important thing I think that you should look at as an influencer is exclusivity clauses. Yeah. You know, time and time again, that I think is the number one thing that will come up. Um, or anything that bars you for a period of time, like a Mm non-compete or um, even a non-solicitation, which means that you can't, and I I just think that there was um, an experience that you had recently with a non-solicitation. Yes. Um, Yeah, that you couldn't use this contract to get something else based upon the language that was in there. So those are some things that are just, you know, immediate red flags um, yes. the other thing are terms. Um, so for instance, if there's, uh, like the, the start date and termination dates, um, and, uh, other than that, I think a, a lot of, um, things that you would want to look at are the, and now I, I can't, I, I've lost <laughs> my train of thought thinking okay. of all of these contracts. There's literally um, so many of them. Oh my goodness. There, there, there really is. But, um, there's also things like warranties yep. um, that you want to look at, as well as um, the ownership. So the the, the ownership of one. the materials. So do you own the content? Do they own the content? Um, and and lastly, are there um, you know fees? What obviously what are you what are you going to get paid? Yes. And also, are there um, I'm not going to say fines, but things that you have to pay to the brand if things don't work out the way that they should. Yes. We've seen this very recently called a make good post or like make good. Um, I always, that's something I redline in every contract because I honestly just feel like as an influencer, we're being hired to create a piece of content and share it with our audience. And those are our requirements. We can't guarantee 
what's going to happen with those. I mean, I'm sure everyone mm-hmm. watching or everyone listening, you posting for Wilbraham Candle, like, you know that you could go into it thinking it's going to go so well and then it doesn't or, you know, vice versa. So mm-hmm. that's something I always will take out because I cannot predict what is going to happen with a post. I might think I can, but you just never know. It's not worth mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And and I I know enough about your, you know, the industry to <laughs> yeah. to, to be dangerous, but not too much. Um, but if you do have the opportunity, and again, I don't know how much how often this happens, but to get your own contract yes. that is reviewed by a lawyer that you trust, um, so that you can understand what is in that contract and what's not in that contract. And as you're negotiating with these brands, try as often as possible to send them your contract and let yes. them come back to you with it as opposed to having the ball in in their court. Um, you're right. much better protected when you have something that you originated as opposed to trying to mark up somebody else's that has to go through legal and all of this different red tape. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of these brands, their legal departments are, of course, creating their contracts to protect them. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're they want to make it fair, of course, but also they're not here to protect you, the influencer. They're here to protect all their millions of dollars in their company. So I definitely think it is very important for you to have something, um, you know, on deck, ready to go if you can present that. And actually with that, one thing that people ask me all the time is like, oh, like, you know, do you have a contract template? Do you have a contract template? And I personally just feel like it's something you should go to your attorney you need to discuss with them what you need in there and how, you know, how you can protect yourself and make sure you're getting something that's written up actually by an attorney, not by me or anyone else. You know, like you need someone who knows this legal language and, and knows what needs to be in there so that you're protected no matter what happens. Um, yeah. So I always have people ask me for it and I'm always like, just pay the attorney. I know it's expensive. It's an investment. Obviously, it might cost you that thousand dollars, who knows? But I think at the end of the day, if you could potentially lose thousands of dollars in the future with partnerships, it makes mm-hmm. sense to just make the investment now and get it over with. Yeah, for sure. And and some ways you can cut down on that cost too is coming with if you have a template. Very good idea. Go to the attorney with the template. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it takes them less time to review a template than to start from scratch. And then it's something that that they know has uh, some of the intricacies of a contract that they may not know um, that would be point. in an influencer contract. Um, and, and like you said, everything is different. And also every state is different. Ooh, yes. So for instance, if you're doing business or if you live in California, your laws are going to be way different than somebody who's living in Ohio. Right. Um, and there are actually differences with um, the legalities and non-competes of how independent contractors are used in certain okay. circumstances. Um, and all of those things, especially, again, California is very, very um, different than all of the other states in this. So yeah. if you are in that location, definitely, um, I would... I would definitely spend money. To- oh, 100%. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, again, I think it comes back to influencers sometimes don't take themselves seriously. You know, like mm-hmm. they're not thinking like, oh, I'm a business. I need to go to an attorney. Like they're just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just posting on Instagram, making some money. Like, but you have to start thinking of yourself as a business. You know, if you are mm-hmm. making legitimate money, 
You need to make business investments that are going to be smart for your business that will help you make more money or at least not lose out on money in the future. So definitely something to think about. I think influencers need to work on valuing themselves a lot more. Yes. Yes, for sure. So many influencers work with brands under a contract and everything, but still have issues getting paid. Like this is something that I talk to my students about all the time. They're like, hey, this person was supposed to pay me on this date and it's like two weeks after, what should I do? So what steps should an influencer take to get paid? And then down the road, what happens if they just never get paid? So this goes back to contracts. Yes. (laughs) Make sure that you have payment terms that are okay, that are agreeable to you Mm -hmm. in that contract. So a lot of times in a contract, you will see the terms net 30. Yes. And what does net 30 mean? That means that after the contract is satisfied, they have 30 days to pay you. Yes. Sometimes you'll see net 45 net 60, net 90. Um, I would try to avoid anything outside of a month. Um, The other thing too, is that in the contract, you want to state, you know, if you do not pay within this time, here is what I will do. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my threat to you. (laughs) Yes. And if they are not paying, then I would send a letter and say, per the terms of our agreement, you are currently X number of days past due. Just like when you don't pay your rent, (laughs) you get, you know, you get those warnings. Or if you don't pay your electric bill, hey, we're going to shut off your electricity. So again, you think of yourself as a business. Right. Businesses, your your credit card company is not going to (laughs) just be like, oh, all right, well, we'll we'll pay soon. (laughs) No, they're going to come after you. So you have to be aggressive um, in that respect as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, for our industry, I net 30 is pretty standard. Net 60, I see probably 40% of the time. And then mm-hmm. there's this little slice of uh, companies that think net 90 is is totally fine for whatever reason. I will always negotiate that. I think it's something yeah. to say as well. Like, you don't have to just agree to that. You don't have to agree to net 90. You can negotiate anything that's in a contract. All you have to say is, hey, you know, I'm I'm not comfortable with a net 90 payment. Can you put this down to net 60? You know, can you mm-hmm. work with me here? And most of the time they will, you know, like yeah. there's really no reason it should take them three months to pay you. Typically they can get it down to at least 60. So that's something mm-hmm. that I always make sure that I negotiate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing too, that you could do is if you are going to do a net 90, you could have, um, I'm going to say like graduated payment. Oh, so for yeah. instance, if, if you're going to do net 90, then that's an extra hundred dollars. If you're going to do net 60, then you, you know, if you pay it within 60 days, we'll knock it down to 70. If you pay right. within 30, you know what I mean? Like, um, you can graduate. So then they have an incentive to actually pay you on time. That's a great point. Also, one other question I thought of, as you were saying this with, giving them, you know, sending them a letter. Is this something that should be kind of like served to them? Not necessarily served, but you can, if you want to, I guess, um, legitimize it. Yeah. Have more legitimacy then you can have it. So they have to sign for it. Yeah. That's, you know, send it certified. 
Right, because I feel like I actually, so I used to do social media for this celebrity in NASCAR, and we had a situation where a brand owed her like $20,000, and they were just like dodging all of my emails, dodging all of my calls. I could not get them to pay for anything, no matter how I tried. And Mm -hmm. so what we did was we had her attorney send a, a letter, and again, it was just like, you owe us this much. What's going on? And he had to send letter after letter after letter. Yeah months and months later after we threatened court a million times they finally paid so at the end of the day like if it does get way past the point where like they're clearly just not paying is this something like you would take them to small claims court or how does that Mm -hmm. how do you get your money (laughs) yeah for sure you can always uh file i mean if it's worth it that's true yeah you know, depending on what it is, if it's, you know, uh, like, and then it's, it's $20,000, then the court fees would be worth it. But if yes. it's $100, then it not worth would it. not be worth it. So it cost more to actually file, file the complaint. Exactly. And that's one of the really horrible things about being a freelancer is like when you do get into that situation, if you're making less than it would cost to take them to court, sometimes you're kind of just shit out of luck. Like there's some at some point, unfortunately, there's nothing you can do. But I will say in all my years of doing this, I've never had a brand that I've ever had to get that far with. So I think more and more brands are like realizing, okay, we've got a contract in place. This is a very legitimate partnership. You know, we can't be messing around here. So I think for the most part, we should all be good, which is great. Um, I want to shift a tiny bit and talk about copyright and trademark. Obviously, as influencers, we create a ton of art, really, online for everyone to see. The whole internet has access to it. So with that being said, I would love to have you explain copyrights and trademarks to us. Like, what are the difference? Like, why would we get them? How can we get them? Sure. So copyrights are actually... Um, a protection that is actually um, embedded in our constitution, <laughs> oh. believe it or not. Um, Interesting. And yeah, it's one of like the oldest, uh, you know, kind of business things that are in there. But the um, a copyright protects your original content. So if you are, um, you know, publishing literature or music mm-hmm. or software code, whatever it is, um, when a original piece of work is created at that point of creation, it is copyrighted if it is original. Okay. So you inherently get this copyright. However, if you want to enforce the copyright, then you have to register that copyright. And Ah. that is done through the U.S. Copyright Office. Okay. Um, Yeah. And, and the other thing to that is a trademark, which is very different than a copyright. Mm -hmm. So trademark is, um, it legally protects your items um, that really d- identify or distinguish you as a brand. Okay. So slogans, phrases, um, trademark. Or I'm sorry, not right. tra- we're talking about trademarks. Um, <laughs> your logos. That's what I'm yes. thinking of. Yeah. Um, so if you have a logo and it is an original logo, and you own the rights to trademark that logo, mm-hmm. then you can uh, can. Um, facilitate that through the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And the trademark piece is very complicated. And there are actually lawyers that specialize just in this. Um, And it's, yeah, it's definitely something that you would want to look into. But, you know, you have to weigh the cost versus the... um, Probably not something a lot of us are going to be doing at this stage. But as you're building businesses, you're building brands, you know, it, it yeah. may be something that you you come into at some point. 
Um, that's like the McDonald's, like I'm loving it is trademarked, right? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And then like the Nike swoosh. Yes. Yep. There you go. Great examples. So, uh, one other thing that I want to talk about before we pop off is negotiation. This actually has become my absolute favorite part of what I do because it's so fun. Negotiation is so cool because you can just make something completely different happen. And it's all just like the power of how you word things and how you handle situations. So this is something that a lot of my students have a very difficult time with. First of all, because I think they're nervous to ask for what they want because they're, they don't value themselves enough yet, but also they just don't even know how to go about negotiation because it's very scary. So what -hmm. would you say are some of your like top tips for negotiation? Great question. (laughs) Absolutely great question. So first of all, if you don't ask, you'll never know. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And a second to that is, what is the worst they can say? No. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And then you're back to where you started. Exactly. You know, Um, but as you had mentioned, if you qualify your asks and demonstrate that you do have value and back it up with the facts. Yep. Then you've presented a really great, you know, um, presentation to them right. as to why, and they want to know the why they want to know the what's in it for me because they don't really care. <laughs> they just yeah. want to know what's in it for them. Right. And why you have to really defend yourself and say, why, I deserve this amount of money. And if you come at it confidently um, and present a, a, you know, a reasonable argument back up in fact, then they're going to have a harder time just, you know, saying no. Exactly. It's, it's almost like you taught me all of this or something. (laughs) (laughs) I literally, it's like, you just went check by check right off of my playbook there. I love it. (laughs) And and actually the the last thing I do want to say is, If you have your predefined deal breakers ahead of time, it will help you to know what is okay and what is not okay, what you have to scratch off and what you can't. And then lastly, if you have to decline the offer, do it respectfully and make sure that you're reasonable in it. Because if you burn bridges, you don't know where those bridges could potentially lead. Oh, yeah. So you definitely want to be super respectful and decline in the happiest way you can. And it's crazy, too, because in our industry, people hop around like you would not believe. Like, people who are at one agency one day, next week they're at the next. I mean, like, you have to have good connections with these people because you never know next week where they're going to be. It's so true. But one Mm -hmm. other thing I love, too, about what you said is about, like, walking away respectfully. And I think that's so important for another reason because a lot of the times when I walk away and I do it on really good terms – Sometimes they'll come right back then in a couple mm-hmm. days and be like, actually, you know, it's crazy. I found all this money magically in our budget and look, now we can do this. But if I was just like, "Ugh, fine, you guys suck, <laughs> they would have obviously never come back to me. So sometimes walking away can be the most powerful thing that you can do. Mm-hmm, for sure. It's like it's like a, a card negotiation. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. I think it it comes with practice though. Like any influencers who are just like, oh my gosh, like I have no idea what to do. Like do it a few times. You're going to screw up and you're going to be totally fine because you'll learn from it. Like, and then before you know it, this will be so fun to you. 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> it's so true. So, okay, at the end of every episode, I open the floor to my guests to ask me one question. So let's hear what yours is. Okay. Well, cousin. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have grown up, and I don't know, your podcast land uh, probably has no idea, um, <laughs> but we grew up in a family that is legitimately full of entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. From your parents to my parents to our grandparents, our aunts, our uncles, our cousins, they're <laughs> everybody owns a business. And that's how we grew up. Has growing up in this environment impacted you? And if so, how? Yeah. I mean, it's so true to think about. Like, it really is crazy. Almost everyone that I can think of, I'm like, yeah, I guess I do own a business. <laughs> yeah. So we we definitely were surrounded. And it almost feels like if I didn't have a business, like, I would be like that guy in the family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I definitely think it has impacted, impacted me. Like, my dad especially has always been, like, super, super entrepreneurial. And I remember growing up, like, this is such a weird thing, but he used to – I was, like, so motivated – by money and profit when I was even younger, like mm -hmm. probably because again, everyone's been in business around us. But I remember my dad on my report cards used to be like, I'll give you $20 for an A and $10 for a B, but you get $0 if you get a C. And I'm not even kidding you. I never once got a C because I was like, I'm going to miss my payday. Are you kidding me? So mm -hmm. there are so many aspects of my life now that I'm just like, I was fueled by like business my whole life. And I, I definitely think that that comes from being in an entrepreneurial family. Like I would be really curious to know if, but if our family wasn't all small business owners, like would I still be in the shoes that I am today? I wonder who mm -hmm. knows. I know. I often think the same thing because you know, it, it was just, it's so inbred in us. Yep. Like, that that spirit of just going out there getting it yeah. you know and fearlessness like literal fearlessness yeah. of well try it what's the worst that can do you know what's exactly. the worst can happen we'll just start something else yeah and i think also being in a family full of business owners like we had our family always being like yeah go for it try it like that's another mm -hmm. thing too cuz a lot of businesses or families that don't grow up in that environment a lot of their parents and things like that were probably like, oh, really? You sure that's what you want to do? It's really scary. But our family, I think, was always just like, yeah, go for it. Go for it. So like my parents always hyped me on to like trying new things and like, going to school in New York and going to school mm -hmm. for fashion, like all of these things that I feel like the, the typical person didn't do. My parents were always like, just try it. Yeah, go for it. So that probably made a big difference in my life for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And that actually goes to to the theory of, you know, who you surround yourself with. So for instance, your social scoop podcast yeah. in and of itself is a support system to all of these other influencers. And you have built such a, a community of yeah. support, whether people have it in their family or whether they have it here with you. So I think that is just, it's something so that. special that we all need, you know? I never really push. thought about it like that. Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> That's so nice. I feel like such a good person. <laughs> well, you are, it's true. Thanks. <laughs> so I, I was on TikTok Live today and I was talking to people about how 
entrepreneurs, I feel like have to have that support system, but especially the influencer industry, because like you were saying, it's so new that again, Mm -hmm. no one knows what the heck they're doing. We're all navigating this on our own. And one thing that I wanted to do, so we released this new program, uh, on Monday last week for enrollment. And I made it so inexpensive because I was like, I listen, I'm giving free information all day. Like what I can do to help this industry become a little bit more regulated and respected is like make as many people as knowledgeable as possible because it's cool Mm -hmm. that it helps them and they're able to build businesses. But at the end of the day, it also helps me and every other influencer because if an influencer is equipped with the knowledge and knows how to present themselves to brands and again, like back up their rates and they're starting to get paid what they're worth at the end of the day, it just makes it easier for me to be like, yeah, I want $2,000. And then they're not going to argue with me because someone that doesn't know what to do is charging $20, you know? So like if we all know what we should be charging and we're comfortable with it and able to, you know, get those deals, it makes it so much easier for everyone else to be successful. So I was like, I want this program to just be like accessible to everyone so that Mm -hmm. we're actually making a difference for everyone, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. A lot of fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yay. Well, this was so fun. So for everyone who wants to learn more about you and maybe send you a DM, uh, where can can they find you? What are your handles? All right. So um, you can... uh, I don't know, at me. I don't, I don't, see, I don't know the lingo. I, yeah, I guess. I write contracts. Follow um, me. Follow, put a little thumbs up thing. Um, no, uh, you can uh, personally is at Miss Dina Ray. Yep. And you can also um, check out at Wilbraham Candle. Yeah, guys, literally, like when I tell you I have these all over my house, <laughs> like they're literally everywhere. <laughs> Um, honestly, best candles ever. They last way longer than a Yankee candle. I'm just saying. (laughs) Just saying. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. Yeah. So I'll have all the handles uh, and links and everything down below for anyone to click on. Go send Deanna a DM. Tell her thank you for coming on. She probably just gave you a ton of insight that you probably needed. And aren't I so lucky to have her all the time? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, best cousin ever. Yes. Best (laughs) cousins ever. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope that you loved every minute. If you learned something new, drop us a review and let us know what you learned. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about more, definitely send me a message on Instagram at yoursocialmate or kbusk. See you next week.